Welcome to the Beyond Macros podcast, a show where we teach you about nutrition and the art of working in so you can get the most out of working out. This episode is brought to you by us, Beyond Macros, a nutrition coaching company who helps you get leaner, stronger, and perform better with sustainable habit changes rather than restrictive dieting. If you go to beyondmacros.com slash 14, that's the number 14, you can check out our episode and article on navigating your nutrition during the holidays so that you can start the year off without a handicap. If you're already keen to take action, you can jump into our free macro counting mini course in the show notes for this episode at beyondmacros.com slash 18. In today's episode, I had the opportunity to interview Connor Moore, who hosts a podcast called The Pleasure Monkey Podcast. Connor is a former CrossFit Regionals competitor, box owner, and has transitioned towards a life of self-exploration and helping others live a fully expressed and pleasure-filled life. Connor doesn't pretend to be a guru. He's just a guy who's dealt with challenges and talks from experience, and he's not afraid to be vulnerable. Your pain becomes your passion. You know, the things that I talk about on the show and the things that I try and represent come from, they all come from a challenge that I had. I don't talk about the shit that I'm easy, that's easy for me. I don't have enough context on it. I haven't had to be challenged to learn and explore those things. I talk about things like loving myself, creating a full experience and releasing shame because those are challenges that I had in my life and I'm still working on them every day. I was turned on to his show by a mutual friend of ours. And after listening to the first episode, instantly knew that I wanted to share the Pleasure Monkey concept with you. I want to share it because I was killing myself in two ways in my mid-20s. And I see that it's a common experience for people of all ages. First, I was stressed beyond belief, to the point of burnout, because I hadn't created the space to relax. I would feel guilty taking time out for me. I was afraid what others might think, what might go wrong in my work life, how others would be out hustling and getting ahead of me, or how stuffed my inbox would be after just one weekend away. Second, I hadn't done the inner work to find the pleasure in overcoming the stress and conflicts in my life. All I could feel was the stress piling on as I fought to stay ahead of all the fires that needed to be put out. And because I was so busy firefighting and business, relationships, and just general adulting, I wasn't learning from my experiences, let alone integrating the lessons. It was an uphill battle that inner work has helped me realize is not a battle at all. All of that stress was self-imposed and I had the personal power to keep it to healthy levels and take care of myself. When I first heard the Pleasure Monkey philosophy, it efficiently communicated the messages that could have made my stressed self's life better, faster. So what is the Pleasure Monkey philosophy? Just to set the stage, this story begins deep in the jungles of Peru. Onnit founder Aubrey Marcus was wandering through a magical Eden filled with butterflies, sunlight, and happiness at the onset of an ayahuasca journey, and the pleasure monkey idea was born. Aubrey had a really, really powerful ayahuasca experience uh, when, we were da- when we were down there, and he was walking through the jungle, he said, and it was, it was this crazy magical experience on the very front end of his ayahuasca um, night, the night we did, we did ayahuasca once, it was his very like intro and he saw this big statue of a happy monkey and on the base of the statue it said we are the pleasure monkeys and from that vision state deep in the jungles the philosophy that was given the name pleasure monkey has evolved as aubrey explains it 
We are these monkeys with all of these pleasure buttons that we can press in life. These pleasures range from the worldly pleasures like taste to less immediate and obvious pleasures like moving past trials and tough times in our lives. To illustrate the philosophy, Connor brought up an idea from Alan Watts that I find captures one of the core concepts of the pleasure monkey philosophy as I understand it. Alan Watts, I reference him all the time, he explains our existence as us being a nerve ending on the universe. That's goal is to experience. Experience for the universe, same way your nerve ending on your finger feels. That's what we're supposed to do. So, so taking the pressure off yourself to be anything besides that, and then just let yourself experience fully. Because I'd been so funneled into what I was supposed to be. I'd made decisions on who I was early on and had to let some of that, a lot of that go and just start, like, let myself be liberated. Connor also told me a story about the lessons he's learned from his dog. And it's apparent his dog is a total pleasure monkey. I would sit and throw a rock in the water, like rocks in the, in the, in the creek uh, where we used to go all the time. And he would just chase after the splashes. And he never actually got the rock. Like the rock sinks to the bottom. He never got it. But he wasn't bummed. He wasn't disappointed that he didn't get the rock. He just was enjoying chasing the, chasing the splash. I don't think he even knew what was making the splash. He just knew there was a splash and that he wanted to chase it and that he was fucking stoked to be doing that. And then he'd come back and we'd run around and then he'd be happy. And then we'd go home and he'd get cleaned off and then he'd be happy. And it was just like, why can't we all be just a little bit more like this? I mean, it probably doesn't serve us to be like that all the time. You might end up being kind of weird, but we can move five degrees in that direction and it, and it would probably serve us well because we're on the other end of the spectrum where it's like oh, I can't chase the splash because I'll never get the rock it's like who fucking cares chase the splash if you want to chase the splash figure it out you know you might get the rock but I want to reiterate and hammer on the point that we are not just talking about pleasures like sex tasty food and chasing rocks splashing in the water the trials in our life that on the surface seem negative also hold the keys to our pleasure well I think we can find pleasure in everything, in every part of life, every component, something I've, I've talked a lot about is the gratitude gap. So that's the gap between an experience and finding gratitude for that experience, right? So say uh, you um, win $100 on a scratch-off lottery ticket. There is no gratitude gap. You're like, holy shit, that's awesome. But say you go through a breakup that's extremely challenging and painful at the time, right? And everybody can just think back to that first big breakup where – the combination of being naive and being in love and being disillusioned all kind of comes together. Uh, there's a gap that you'll find probably a few years down the road. You look back and say, man, I was really grateful for what I learned in that experience. So there's so many diversities in that experience, right? So I find that, I, that, that because I went through some kind of challenge and something that was painful, I'm able to experience pleasure more fully because I've unpacked that and, and let myself embody the lessons of that. And then we also, with awareness and with consciousness around our experience, can, can understand the worldly pleasures for what they are. And that may be you know, partying with your friends, doing rec- recreational drug use, uh, <laughs> doing whatever, like driving fast, like these little fun things that are, that are playful and, and kind of surface level and let those be a part of our experience, but not be something that we're in constant pursuit of just chasing a dopamine drip that we're really taking the time to investigate ourselves and, and, and understand the diversity of emotions that life hands us. And also understand that we're handed this diversity of experience to generate an understanding for how to live fully and view the world through that lens. 
I personally resonate with these points and believe that some of the greatest pleasures in my life have been set up by the context of what seemed to be awful on the surface. I broke my leg at the beginning of the summer after college. I was on crutches instead of traveling the world and playing professional lacrosse, but I learned to have so much gratitude for what I could do. I was so grateful for my ability to practice pull-ups. Learning how to dance using crutches as a prop brought me so much joy. And when I finally healed, the pleasure I got from doing something as simple as being able to walk or even drive a car was massively amplified. Connor had to shut the doors to his CrossFit gym after two years in business, which left him with no job and no income, and in a way, a feeling of defeat. Through that tough time, though, Connor has been able to go rapidly, and he made it his mission to be as happy as possible with the least amount of resources he'd ever had. And I also need to take responsibility for my own happiness. So I lived on what I, what the money that I made selling the equipment, which was about enough to get me through three months um, living very minimally. And I just found a way. I mean, I read a lot of books and a lot of audio books, a lot of talks. And didn't put any, a lot of pressure on myself to be something that someone else told me I should be. Um, and I started to understand how that's where it all started to make sense when it comes to what life means and how experience is our responsibility. When I asked Connor what he did during that time to take responsibility, I learned how simple it is and that the clear benefit he experienced was attracting the right people into his life. I would go on dates and stuff and like it was really, I just brought a different version of myself to those, to those interactions. I would wander around the woods in the green belt here in Austin, which is beautiful with my dog and to sit in a hammock for two hours and read a book, and just be and let myself just be and start to find pleasure in just being who I am. And it seems so simple, but we don't get encouraged to do that. We're constantly told that we need this or should be that or, or, or we need this amount of money or have to have this kind of impact. And if you're going to do this thing, you need, to, you need to be striving, 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 striving always. And the funny thing is, if you don't take the time to, to pour back into yourself, you're not going to bring your full self to any of those encounters or any of those interactions or any of those ambitious pursuits anyways. So you're, you're playing a lose-lose game. You sacrifice yourself for some kind of accomplishment and you end up feeling empty or you don't understand yourself well enough to pursue anything because you're just end up running in circles confused. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're all going to die. And that should be enough motivation to understand the, the life that you're living fully anyways. And that was really what, what came through in that experience. And, and I was able to start writing and expressing myself in a different way. And that attracted people into my life that were, that were different and, and challenged me. As much as I love philosophy and a great story, I'm an analytical guy. I embrace the esoteric, but I like to bring it back down to earth. How can I shape my actions with these philosophies? What are the action steps? Connor's experience shutting the gym down and taking those three months to himself isn't an option that's available to everybody. So what can somebody do without leaving their job to replicate his experience and have that big period of self-growth? If you want to really investigate, I think the first step is to take space. And that doesn't mean like quit your job and go to Bali. That means take a weekend to yourself and just just be. You know, go for a walk. Unplug from everything for just a, hand, just a handful of hours. 
just let yourself be. You know, a lot of people will listen to will jump in and tell you that you need to go do ayahuasca in the jungle. No, we're not even going to go there yet. We're going to start with just, and then observe your thoughts, observe yourself, observe your thoughts when you're alone and where they go. What are they striving for? What, what are you trying to fill in yourself with things outside of you? That's, that's the first big step. And that may just be committing to a weekend alone. That is a huge step for people. Solitude is a great teacher, a great teacher. And then when you can observe yourself in that, in that state of solitude, and that means no TV, leave your phone at home, maybe hang out with a dog if you have it, but just kind of taking that time. It seems so simple and small, but I love handing people that practice because it's more challenging than you would ever think. And I, I would challenge anybody who's listening to this show who, who feels called to do that, or if you feel scared to do that, even better, <laughs> to try that out. I wanted to go a little bit deeper. What other practices can people do to start embracing the pleasure monkey lifestyle? So the first thing I generally have people do is go through their normal day. The one they go through all the time, whether it's a work day or a weekend, and just create awareness around their state changes throughout the day. So what what pisses you off? What makes you feel empty? What makes you feel full? What makes you smile? What, what annoys you? Just, just creating a, enough of an observation of yourself to understand just the surface level things that are, that are affecting you in some way. And then when you have a little bit of awareness around those and you've done that for a few days or a week, start to investigate those and, and see the underpinnings. And when you start to see the underpinnings of how things are triggering you and affecting you positive and negative, then you start to investigate those and track those feelings down. And when you find when you can track back and kind of see why, like really investigate the why behind how you're being triggered and how, how that's affecting your experience, you have to start developing some compassion for yourself. And that's the big first step is that developing compassion and just understanding that you're a human being. So once you can get there, then you can start to release the shame, the judgment, the fear, these things that are getting in the way of you experiencing life fully and not be so fucking hard on yourself and let yourself just be and say yes to some things that you might have not said yes to because of some idea that you adopted from somebody else because you thought you should or you were supposed to. And when you can do that, you can have an experience that may not be good, but you know that now. Now you have context and you may go do something you thought you would never do. And just say yes to that and be in that and be very present for that and not take yourself out of it by feeling ashamed of yourself. And then say, hey, man, I really, you know, there's some, there's some nuggets and pearls in that experience that I want to carry on with me in my life. And by step by step experiencing more and broadening your spectrum of experience, then you can start to make conscious decisions as to where do you want to invest your time, your energy, your love. And that can really reshape your entire existence. I love the idea he presents that when you try something you normally wouldn't do, it might not be something that's good or that you enjoy, but at least you have some context. And at least when you say no to doing that experience again, it's from a place of personal power rather than fear, shame, or guilt. I wanted to go a little bit deeper into the inner work practices Connor has found useful recently so that you have another tool in your toolkit. He brought up a practice he learned from JP Sears. It's the most powerful and easy, easily accessible practice for someone who's just getting started in this type of work. And that's developing empathy and trying to see things through a new lens and broaden your, your spectrum of experience. 
is think about someone close to you. Um, and if you have them right there with you, that's even better to have this experience with them. But notice something about them, whether it's in your mind or in person, notice something about that, that person, something good, um, something good that you love about that person. And as opposed to uh, giving them credit for that and that experience, acknowledge that you notice it. And then ask yourself, what does that say about me? Because if you're noticing that, that thing, that characteristic, whatever it may be, that's a reflection of you in some way. Now, that's fun to do when it's something good, right? If you notice that someone is always there for you when you need them, that says that you really value someone showing up for you, that you really value connection, that you value that type of, that type of commitment. But now where it gets challenging is the next thing you do is notice something about them that you don't like, even if it's someone you love. Notice something about them, acknowledge the fact that you notice it, and then ask yourself that same question. What does that say about me? And when you start to investigate that, and it's very challenging, it's challenging for me to do that, but just putting some awareness there starts to reframe how you view your noticings and view your awareness. And those can be extremely powerful. Now, as you go through that, you start to think about, it's easier to do it with someone you really care about and then you're close to and really enjoy in your life first. And then slowly moving to people that you really, maybe you just have to tolerate like your boss or someone at work and try and change that perspective. Um, but I love that practice. I have people do that practice all the time. Uh, super, super powerful. Now that you've got three practices, you can easily do this week. Go out and do them. And if you resonated with what Connor is speaking about, I highly suggest checking out his show, The Pleasure Monkey Podcast. I recommend that you start out at episode one and then explore from there. You can also find him on Instagram at Pleasure Monkey Life and at Connor Wanders. Connor is spelled C-O-N-N-E-R. You can also join the Pleasure Monkey Life Facebook group where Connor is frequently engaging with members. If you enjoyed this episode, I definitely plan to keep up the episodes about inner work. But over the next few weeks, I'm coming back at you with some straight nutrition knowledge. I'm kicking off a series I recorded about the forgotten food groups. I will be talking to experts about the microbiome and consuming bacteria, the benefits of consuming algae, and the magical power of mushrooms. To make sure you get these episodes, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave us a review on iTunes. I hope you have a week full of self-growth and I look forward to seeing you back here next week.